You can't play a Christmas carol any other time but during the holidays. You can't play it except around Christmas. It lands at a time of the year when we are coming together as families, we're coming together as communities, but we're also, especially in the modern age, coming together in a commercial frenzy of buying and grasping, as well as coming together as charitable people, giving, giving to others and giving to the less fortunate. But it's a theme that always seems to land on the human heart right about the time that people need to hear it. It's a theme that lands in the ear and in the heart of people exactly when they need to hear it. A Christmas Carol is a story about a man who goes from the most solitary, closed, cold, isolated place a person could ever be, and through the help of divine intervention, in this case ghosts, learns enough about his past, how people feel about him in the present, and about the potential future that could come to him if he keeps on the road he's on, to have a spiritual transformation so profound that everything he was before gets shed like a old skin, and he goes out in the world literally reborn like a new person and experiences it almost as if for the first time. Experiences everything. Light, the day, people, children, all the things that he hated before, they impress him and, they, and he wants to help them and he becomes a part of the world. That's maybe the best way to say it. He enters the world and sees himself as just one part of the world not unique and separate from it. And I think that's the story. There's beautiful characters in it, there's a lot of people who populate it, who show all different aspects of the world of the play, but ultimately it is the story about this man and his having to find, kind of get a second chance at life, and he takes it. Ask me what I thought of Christmas, that would have been my response. For much of my life, I was a miserable old miser, always pursuing money and wealth, and all that pursuit brought me was loneliness and isolation. I separated myself from my family, my friends, from other people. One year, two men who were caring for the needs of the poor asked me for a donation. With cruel and heartless words, I chased them away. Shortly after, my nephew sent me an invitation to his annual Christmas party. All he received from me was a bah humbug. But then, something happened. I was given the chance to see my future in light of my past and my present. And what I saw changed me. Oh, when I awoke, I was giddy as a schoolboy, as light as a feather, as happy as an angel. <laughs> it is tough to shave when one feels like dancing all the time. I decided to turn from greed and isolation and turn towards joy and generosity. I gave my money away, and that's when I truly felt alive. I was a new man. I had learned to keep Christmas well 
and vowed to keep it year-round. I started by helping my employee, Bob Cratchit, and his family. And then I tracked down those two men and gave them a large donation. And the more I gave, the more joy I felt. I even attended my nephew's Christmas party and had quite a good time. <laughs> I wasted so many years of my life, but now can think of nothing else than to care for the needs of others. And what is my reward? Well, joy, of course. And that's my wish for all of you. Learn to keep Christmas well and keep it all year round. And you too can experience this joy. <laughs> I am so happy, so hilariously happy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, this old man has found joy once again. <laughs> Merry Christmas and God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Ebenezer became a very happy man. He danced with joy and generosity. He gave to the needs of the poor. He loved children, but it wasn't always this way. Most of his life, Ebenezer missed Christmas. He lived a life of greed and isolation, but then something happened. He received a second chance. He saw his future in light of his past, and he changed his ways. He got scrooged. And I'm reminded of another man in the scriptures, much like Ebenezer Scrooge, said friends would describe him as a man with deep pockets but short arms. He was wealthy, but he was greedy. He didn't give to the needs of others. He kept it to himself. He cheated other people out of money. And then he got scrooged. He saw the light. He changed his ways. He made amends. He gave generously to the needs of the poor. He returned four times the amount that he stole from others. He was hilariously generous with his wealth. Anyone want to guess who that man might be in the scriptures? He's a short man, not only with short arms, but short legs. He liked to climb trees. His name was? Thank you, Zacchaeus. And oftentimes you don't think of Zacchaeus' story at this time of the year, but it is a great Christmas story. It's a story of divine intervention, a story of second chances and new life. It's a story about a man who turns away from greed and isolation towards joy and generosity. It's a story about a man who gets scrooged. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, we read the story of Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. The first thing that we notice is that Zacchaeus was a tax collector, not just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. He had other tax collectors working for him, and he was wealthy, very wealthy, for he collected taxes for the Roman Empire. Remember, Israel was occupied by the Roman Empire and people paid taxes to Rome and Zacchaeus made sure that people paid their taxes. So you can imagine, 
how popular Zacchaeus was. He didn't get invited to any New Year's parties. His children were picked on on the playground. He was not even allowed to enter the temple for worship. He was considered a traitor, a yellow belly, a sinner, a greedy, unclean man. No one liked tax collectors. Everyone hated Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. But being a short man, he could not because of the crowds. So he ran ahead and he climbed the famous sycamore tree to see Jesus. And when Jesus came to the spot, when he reached the spot, he looked up at Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, quit being so greedy. Don't steal people's money. Is that what Jesus said? He said, Zacchaeus, come on down from here. I'm going to come up there and teach you a lesson. Is that what Jesus said to Zacchaeus? It's not what he said. Jesus said this, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home today. That's code for I want to begin a relationship with you. I know who you are. I know how you steal. I know your reputation. But I want to begin a relationship with you. I know that everyone else rejects you and hates you, but I don't, Jesus said. I accept you. I love you. I want to begin a relationship with you. And isn't that the message of Christmas? Isn't that the story of Christmas? That God came down from heaven to begin a relationship with us, that Jesus left the glories and riches of heaven to be born in a barn, to live a life that we couldn't live so that we might know him. That's what Jacob read earlier in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, he read that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, that God became a baby, taking on human flesh to dwell among us. That's the story of Christmas that God came down, that God in Christ came down to earth and he entered our cities and he entered our homes and he wants to enter each one of our hearts to begin a relationship with each one of us. Well, hearing that, Jesus wanted to begin a relationship with him. Zacchaeus came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. It's the Greek word chiro, and it means joyfully, delightfully, ecstatically. Zacchaeus was ecstatic to have Jesus as his guest. But nobody else was. No one was as excited as Zacchaeus. In fact, in verse 7, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Don't they know who Zacchaeus is? Didn't Jesus know? All the people around began to mutter, question, point fingers, snicker. The crowd was not just surprised to see Jesus with this wretched tax collector. They were offended. They were upset because they wanted to have a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus walked right by those that were muttering and complaining, the ones that thought they deserved to have a relationship with Jesus, and he walked up to Zacchaeus. See, they questioned, they snickered, they muttered. 
how could Jesus go to be in the home of a tax collector? What did Zacchaeus do to deserve a meal with Jesus, to enter, to have Jesus enter into his home, which is actually a really good question. I don't know if you ever answered that question. What did Zacchaeus do outside of climbing a tree to win the attention of Jesus? Anyone have an answer? Why did Zacchaeus, what did Zacchaeus do to deserve a relationship with Jesus? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, a no good, very bad man. He was a wretched, unclean sinner. He did absolutely nothing to deserve a relationship with Jesus. It reminds me of a conversation that I had a couple weeks ago with a young adult. She attended our worship services here for the last few weeks. And as we were having a meal at my house two weeks ago, she said to me, something happened to me during worship. I don't know exactly what happened, but, but I'm starting to believe. I, I kind of feel like a fish that just got hooked. And I believe in Jesus. I said, well, tell me what happened. She says, well, when you were explaining about the rich young ruler and how he was trying to be good enough to enter into the kingdom of God, and Jesus said, no one is good enough. And then you said this phrase, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough, but there's one who is good enough. And she says, all my life, I thought I needed to be good enough, but I knew I'd never be good enough. I thought that was my problem, but that's actually part of my solution. Because now I know I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. So I put my faith in Jesus, the one who is good enough. See, that's what happened to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus knew that he was a tax collector, a sinner, an unclean man. He knew he was a wretched sinner, but he gladly welcomed Jesus into his life. He knew, I'm not good enough, but I'm going to trust the one who is, and I'm going to invite him into my home. See, Zacchaeus trusted Jesus, and then he did an Ebenezer Scrooge. He stood up. Maybe he was on a chair or a table. He was so excited. He stood up and he said, Lord, Lord, look. Here, right now, I give half my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, which we know he did, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus, I mean, Zacchaeus shouted. He said, Jesus, because you've chosen to have a relationship with me, because you've accepted me into your life, I'm going to give half my stuff to the poor. And the law required that a man would only give or a woman would only give 10% of their resources to the poor. But Zacchaeus was so happy, he says, take half of it. Take, take, take half. I want to give that to the poor. And then he says, I want to pay back four times the amount. People are only required to give 20%. Meaning if you stole the dollar, you're required to give a dollar twenty. If you stole, but Zacchaeus says, I'm giving four times. When I stole the dollar, I'm giving four. Every $100 I stole, I'm giving 400 Every thousand, I'm given 4,000. Because you've accepted me, Jesus, you began a relationship with me. I'm so excited. I want to make things right. And he made amends. And he gave generously to the needs of the poor. He got 
scrooged. And Jesus said to him, Thanks, Zacchaeus. I was really hoping that you would supply the needs to the poor. That's not what he said. Jesus didn't say, You know, Zacchaeus, I've been really waiting for you a long time to finally realize this. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said this, Strike up the band. Today, salvation has come to this house. Today, you've become a new man. Today, you've put your faith in me. Today, you got Scrooge. Remember, Zacchaeus did absolutely nothing to deserve a relationship with Jesus. He was a terrible, no good, very bad person But then he met Jesus, and he welcomed Jesus into his home with joy and gladness, and he became an upright, generous man. And the order of events is significant. Did you notice the progression of events? First, Jesus invited Zacchaeus into his home. Then Zacchaeus welcomed him gladly, and after beginning a relationship with Jesus, Zacchaeus was changed. He gave his resources hilariously away to others. And and, and the order is instructive because so often we try to reverse the order of events. We often hear the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us to have a relationship with God. And we think to ourselves, I need to clean myself up or I need to get my act together or I really need to change my ways before I can have a relationship with God. Or we think, you know, I'm a terrible, no good, very bad person. There's no way that God would accept me. But Jesus says to each one of us, I know your past. I know the sins that you've committed and the sins that you think are secretive. I know your past and I accept you. I love you. I welcome you into a relationship with me. That's why I came down from heaven to earth. You're that important to me, Jesus said. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because God loves us so much that he sent his son into the world to live the life we couldn't live, a perfect life, to die the death that we deserve, to die only to rise again so that we might know him and build a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said it this way, for the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. That's why Jesus came to earth. He didn't come down for the do-gooders. He walked right by the crowd muttering. He came down for the sinners. He left the glories and riches of heaven to begin a relationship with anyone willing to admit, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough, but I'll put my faith in the one who is good enough. I'll trust Jesus. See, that single truth separates Christianity from every other religion of the world. Because every other religion in the world says, clean yourself up and then you can have a relationship with God. Or give your money and then you'll be saved. But Jesus says, I'm entering into your life and then you'll be clean. I'm loving you enough and then you'll be generous. I'm entering into your home and then you'll be saved. 
That's what happened to Zacchaeus. Jesus entered into his life and he was transformed. He was changed into a generous man and he didn't deserve it. He did nothing to deserve a second chance, but he received Jesus and experienced salvation, new life. He received the gift of salvation. It kind of reminds me of this birthday cake. The birthday cake that we celebrate today for Jesus' birthday. We sing happy birthday to, to, to Jesus. And I invited everyone to come on up here and have a piece of birthday cake. And many people did. And one of the reasons why people wanted birthday cake is because they were hungry or because they saw the cake and they thought it was really good. And, and, and people lined up because they saw the cake and said, I want the cake. But many of you didn't come up for the cake. Maybe because the line was too long or, or maybe because you thought there might be a bait and switch. Or, or maybe the cake was, or maybe you're not a cake eater. You know, you're like, you know, I'm not really a cake eater. I like pie over cake. Or maybe you said, you know, I don't really need cake. Or maybe you wanted the cake and you thought maybe I would embarrass you by having you say something in the microphone or, 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 or ask for more cake. That's all right. This is a family show and everybody's welcome here. But the children were the first ones to come up and get a piece of cake. Because the children saw the cake and their eyes popped and their jaws dropped and they said, I want some cake. But some of us as adults, we says, you know what, we're just going to let the kids go first. Or you know what, I'm really not that hungry or I really don't like cake. Or maybe Pastor Chad's going to do a bait and switch and I don't really trust the guy offering the cake. And many of you sat in your seats when free cake was offered and sometimes we respond the exact same way. When we hear Jesus say, hey, I want to have a relationship with you. We react the same way. We say, hey, maybe Jesus is going to do a bait and switch, or maybe I don't really like a relationship with Jesus, or maybe I want one, but then I'll be embarrassed, and maybe what will my friends think if I really trust Jesus as my Savior? And so often, like the cake, we don't come forward when we hear the invitation to have a relationship with God through Christ. We pass up the opportunity to receive the gift of salvation, and we miss Christmas. We miss the joy of Christmas. But what if you didn't this year? What if this year was different? What if you accepted the free gift offered to you through Jesus Christ to have a personal relationship with God? How would your life change if you put your faith in Jesus this Christmas? I'm going to show you a quick clip from J.C. Cutler. I interviewed him. He's the actor that plays Ebenezer Scrooge at the Guthrie. And he described Ebenezer's transformation and how his life changed. Here's J.C. The transformational moment in the play is when he's being taken around by the ghost of the future. And he's being shown all the things that could happen. Tiny Tim could die. Scrooge has been dead only a few days and they're divvying up his clothes and his jewelry and selling them for pennies, the things that he cared so much about. None of that matters in the world. And ultimately, he 
is alone in the graveyard next to his own coffin and realizes nobody's attending his funeral. He's all by himself. And that's where he's landed. He begs for one more chance and he thinks he's not going to get it. He thinks it's over. He thinks it's over. I really try to play it like he will probably, that, that, that it's too late. He surrenders, he says, I, 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 I will never, I will never ever again. I, I see it now, I see it now. I see what I need to see. And then he wakes up and he gets that one more chance. He's not even sure where he is when he wakes up and he gets that one more chance. And one of my greatest favorite moments in the play is I say to Meriwether, my housemaid, you know, she tells me, um, we, we talk a little bit and then I open the windows above my bed and this light pours in and I say, light, light, what, what's that noise? What day is it? You know, he figures out it's Christmas. But I love that the fact he gets bathed in light and he's just, because on a spiritual level, that's exactly what's happening in that moment. Light has entered him to some extent and that's his kind of moment of realizing that I mean, people talk about it all the time. They feel this kind of light enter them and they go through a transformation. In some respects, that's at least hinting at that, you know? And then I say, day, a new day, a new day. Like he finally gets a chance at one more day. I come out of the house I've just gotten dressed and I'm excited and I've got my money and I bump into the little beggar boy and he screams and he starts to run away and I say, what's home, my boy? And he said, I said, what's the matter? And he says, yesterday. I said, what happened yesterday? You said if you saw me again, you would eat me, he says, because that's what I said to him, right? Say, hello, that was somebody else, that's what I say. And then he says, I look like you. And I say, oh, very like, no doubt. I once knew the man you met yesterday. If there's a creature on this planet who despises him more than you, then it is I. And he says, but it was you. And I say, here, take this. And I hand him the bag. And just as he opens his hands and grabs it, I go, <laughs> the Merry Christmas to you too. And I just... I watch his face transform and go, and a Merry Christmas to you too. And he goes, thank you, governor. And I just start dancing in the street, you know. <laughs> I go, onwards, Meriwether. And I stop and I go, what a beautiful day it is. He notices the day for the first time. He's had his head down for 30 years. What a beautiful day it is. He sees the day, he sees the light, he sees the people, he sees the thing, the boy is happy. Then people in our production, just everybody that he was mean to at the beginning comes spinning on stage and he makes his amends. I even use the words, I make amends at one point. I, I want to make amends and he gives everybody stuff back. Ebenezer received an unexpected Christmas gift. He saw the light. He made amends. He laughed with joy and generosity, and he was transformed. He became a new man. He got 
Scrooged. And the question that I have for you this afternoon is simply this. Have you been Scrooged? Have you, have you received the gift of salvation? Do you have a personal relationship with God? Because that's why God came down to earth. To live a life that you couldn't live, a perfect life. To die the death that you deserve to die on the cross. Only to rise again, conquering sin and death forever. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Because God came down to begin a relationship with you. And he didn't come for the do-gooders. He came for the sinners. He came for the broken. He came for everyone willing to admit, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. But I put my faith in the one who is. I believe in Jesus and I'm made new. C.S. Lewis wrote it this way. Jesus did not come to make you nice, but to make you new. He didn't come to make you nice. He came to make you new, to transform you from the inside out. That's why Jesus came. He gave us this precious gift, the gift of salvation. And the gift of salvation is a past, present, and future experience. It's a gift from the past, meaning that Jesus died for the consequences of our sins. We don't have to bear the consequences of our sin, eternal death, but it's also a gift in the present. Because Jesus, through Christ, we lose the power of sin in our lives. We can overcome the temptations that we face. But it's also a gift in the future because someday we'll be free from sin forever in his presence in heaven. It's a past, present, and future experience. It's the best Christmas gift ever. And maybe you're here today and you're back to church for the first time or maybe you haven't been to church in a long time and you have yet to put your faith in Jesus and maybe this is the day where you can say I'm not good enough I'll never be good enough but I'm going to put my faith in Jesus and receive the gift of salvation or maybe you've been a believer and you've received a gift but the, the joy of salvation has left you and maybe this is a moment for you can return to the truth of what Christ has done for you and renew your commitment to Jesus. Or maybe there's some area in your life that you want to change, but just you can't seem to change it. And maybe this is a night for you to get screws and just say, God, change me. Transform me. I return to the cross of Christ where he died in my place, and I want to be made new. I don't know where you're at this afternoon. All I know is that God offers us the best Christmas gift ever, the gift of salvation, the gift of new life, the gift of a relationship with God through Jesus. And if you want to be made new, it's just a simple prayer. I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. But I put my faith in Jesus, the one who is. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you we thank you for sending your son. You love the world so much that you gave us your one and only son. And to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, you gave us the right to become your children. And God, I pray that you would do a work in us right now 
to receive the gift of salvation. In fact, if, if you're here this afternoon and you want to receive the gift of salvation, you can just raise your hand and say, yes, I want the gift of salvation. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Just raise your hand. And if that's you, outside these doors to the right, there's a gift that we have for you to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. Because Jesus Christ lived the life you couldn't live, a perfect life. He died the death that you deserve to die so that you might have a relationship with God that lasts forever. Thank you for the best Christmas gift ever, our salvation. We pray all this in Jesus' name.